Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Miss Tracy Florian of Evolution Fitness and Training coming to you from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Tracy, what is going on? How are you today? Hey, I am good, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank so you. Get this rolling. Now, uh, Tracy and I got the chance to explore this business with some depth before starting our conversation. But for the people who aren't familiar with you or with the Evolution brand, Paint us some context here, Tracy. Tell us a little bit, first and foremost, before we get into the business conversation and what you do from a day-to-day standpoint, tell me a little bit about Evolution Fitness and Training. What is this business about and how do you describe it to people? So Evolution Fitness and Training is almost three years old and um, my husband and I run Evolution Fitness and we offer uh, basic basic gym um, Equipment, um, hammer strength equipment, deadlift platforms, squats, racks, um, you know, free weights. We offer cardio machines, tanning. We have a group exercise facility that includes spin bikes and boxing. And we also have some turf area. So, on, you know, alongside with that, we offer personal training, we offer supplements and apparel and our biggest, um, I would say our biggest thing in this industry is offering a, a family feel, a welcoming environment, a, a place where any fitness level can come to feel part of, you know, a gym family. So, you know, when, when someone walks in the door, we've, we've, um, taught our employees that, Hey, you acknowledge everyone that walks in the door and you acknowledge everyone that leaves our facility and they do very well at that. So it's important yeah. to make those connections, create relationships. It's beyond just a gym. It's a yeah. something for everybody is, is what I gather. It's not, we find ourselves within one specific modality or this is our demographic and no one else. It sounds like there's plenty of offerings for a wide cast of people you sort of alluded to the, the origins of this, but I want to explore it a little bit more. You mentioned just about three years coming up. Tell me a little bit about what, what inspired you to open this in the first place. What, why are we evolution fitness and training today? So I have always, always had a passion for fitness and in some capacity I have worked out and um, I started as a group fitness instructor and then decided that um, I wanted to have my own facility for group exercise. And so I led a group exercise fitness uh, facility for about seven years. And we created an environment of you know, family and, and wonderful people and created close relationships and had awesome classes. And in January, 2020, we were contacted by the landlord um, of the space that we were renting. And he had let us know that he was selling the building. 
So we would need to find a new space. So um, at that point in time, my husband and I had had a conversation about what we were going to do. Were we going to close our, our doors, um, which made me extremely sad? Mm. Or were we going to expand? Because you know the, the rent in Mount Pleasant is extremely high. And so that was our, our those were our two options. So we decided to expand and within we're three all weeks, in. <laughs> yeah. We, we moved fast. Um, within three weeks, we had acquired a space of about 9,000 square feet. Um, my husband, who is a builder, renovated the space. He went all over the state of Michigan to track down equipment and cardio machines and tanning beds. And um, so February, mid-February, late February, we had a soft opening for some friends and family. And then we opened our doors March 1st of 2020. Those familiar with the industry know how the tale goes from there. March 1st of 2020 and a, and a small dark cloud slightly behind that. I'm sure you're sick of talking about it. And, and unfortunately, our listeners are sick of, of hearing about COVID tales. But I want to look at this from at least a, a high level for you so far. Seven years owning a Group X facility. So we're, we are not new to running a business. But the scope of this certainly changed once you guys got into this location. In those three years so far here, Tracy, what's been your favorite part about running this business now? And what's been the hardest part about running this business? My favorite part, honestly, is the people. Um, you know, I go to the gym and I meet new people every day. And I get to learn about those people, what their goals are, what their stories are. Um, <clears throat> they, you know, they'll come up and they'll chat about their day or chat about something positive that's helping happened with their fitness um, lifestyle. And so it's the relationships that we've created that are my favorite part because um, it's expanded be beyond the group exercise portion and now you know it's it's bodybuilders it's power lifters um it is you know just someone coming in to walk on the treadmill um just so many great relationships have been created and that is my favorite part um yeah turn that around then <laughs> what's been what's everybody everybody that's listening to this podcast is a gym owner and, and they know that the industry is not all sunshine and rainbows. Correct. COVID piece of this aside, what's been what's been the toughest part from going from a Group X facility to a model like this? The toughest part, I would say, is <clears throat> we are we are self funded. Uh, we do not have investors. We do not. We are not backed by any type of company or corporation. This business was solely built by us from the ground up out of our own funding. Um, and so I would say the hardest part for me is just making sure that we are always on top of our operating costs. Um, mm. You know, that's, that's important to me to make sure that everything is taken care of, that we leave a nest egg for, you know, something happens we need to be able to cover fingers that. crossed we right. don't have another one of these pandemics coming, right but. so it's you know and um a lot of people our prices in our area may be a little bit higher 
but I think a lot of people don't understand that we we aren't backed by a corporation. We are mm -hmm. a, we are truly a small local business, and yeah. so every which is an day, important aspect of this. You know, it, it is, but. And I understand, you know, there are different price points for everybody, but um, I think that it's important to, to support your local small businesses. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think beyond just the customer supporting us from a business perspective, from a competition sort of perspective, we are not the commercialized big box location. We need to remember that just as much as the end user remembers that. It will never make sense for us to go head to head. We don't have as deep of pockets as they do. We don't have as big of a brand reach as they do, but we do have plenty of advantages in our corner. And it is that local feel. It is the individualized nature of this. We can pivot on a moment's notice and change business practice far easier than a franchise or a corporation can. So we have advantages and weapons in our arsenal to use as well. You mentioned the, the operating cost of this. I would imagine compared to running a group exercise facility, overhead is significantly increased in a model like this, just in sheer footprint. I wanna pick your brain on, on the income side of this because we can make up for a lot of that in volume. For you guys in the last three years or so, what's been successful and what hasn't been successful from a marketing standpoint to get some people through these doors? So we've tried a few different things for marketing. Um, <clears throat> and I would say word of mouth has been our best avenue to go. Um, we have, um, we've tried social media marketing and that's been okay. Um, right now we use another company that's doing some marketing for us and, and they provide monthly insights on how, um, the ads are going and, and those seem to be going well too, but ads on social, is that what you meant? There are ads on, um, what different websites. Um, okay. yeah. So for example, if you were to go to your local, um, your local newspaper website or you know, a, a channel, a, a station on the, the radio, you might see our ad pop up. Ah, uh -huh. okay. So, and we've of... done that through some sort of local agency. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Okay. So, and that, that seems to be working um, decently too, but I would say the, the most, the best for us is word of mouth. Um, just, mm. you know, making people feel comfortable when they come in going into a, a new gym is scary sometimes and intimidating especially when you see these you know big bodybuilder guys um yeah. so that yeah. is that is why it's so important for us to you know make that connection when they first walk in the door yeah to to bring back the earlier part of our conversation of it doesn't make sense for us to go head to head in any kind of marketing conversation we have, we need to be incredibly clear that a small business like this needs to be far more strategic with our dollars than the Planet Fitnesses, the Golds, the LA Fitness, whatever brand you want to throw at it. 
they have national advertising campaigns that we are not going to continue to keep up with. What we can do at a local level is important. What we can do on a much more targeted level is important. Like you mentioned, social media is a component of this. We have a local agency that probably has a pretty good idea of the market that we're in. We need to be really strategic about dollars going out and be pretty sure that we have dollars coming back in as a result of it, right? You guys went with an agency and I think it makes sense. A lot of the people that I talk to and in the background that you come from, I didn't hear any kind of, I spent years and years and years studying marketing. You said you ran a gym, but a lot of us that operate facilities like this do so because we love training, not because we love Facebook ads manager. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just not a skill set that's, that's within many of our wheelhouses. So we're getting leads. You said that it's worked decently so far. Have you guys kicked around any other ideas of how to improve it or, or how to do things differently as you move forward? We have talked about doing some referral bonuses for our clients mm -hmm. and for our members. Um, so that's probably something that we will implement in the new year. Um, okay. You know, um, handing out free passes to to different individuals or different businesses sure. for them to, to just set out on display. Um, maybe attending some local events where we yep. can get our name out there even more because it, it's funny, there are still people that have no idea we are there and we're right on the main street of Mount Pleasant. <laughs> so. yeah. Everything contributes, right? There's no one correct answer or one size fits all approach here. And, and honestly, the successful businesses that I talk to have a number of, of strategies in place to bring people in. And so are there ways we can improve? Sure. But if we're to, to big picture this thing, at least, it's only been three years, which in the grand scheme of things is not a tremendous amount of time. And a handful of those years were COVID years. So chalk that up to a wash. This is, this is probably still kind of getting our bearings and, and building the foundation to all of this for the long haul. Now, take us to the next step, Tracy. I think this is tremendously important in a model like yours. When we get a lead, regardless of where it comes from, any of those sources that we just talked about, what happens to get that lead into the facility and what does that process actually entail to eventually sign that person up? So it depends on how, um, how they contact us or how um, react. Usually, if it's an email that comes through um, from our website, I will respond, you know, and I will um, offer a phone call or um, I will answer their questions or ask them if they have any other questions. Sometimes we get Facebook messages and sometimes we have people walking in the door. But at the end of the day, the goal is to get them to walk in the door and then from there everything funnels to in person okay yeah we that's we try to get them first in the door and then um, our staff who is wonderful will offer a tour they'll go through the memberships they'll go through everything that we offer and um you know on occasion they'll offer um, a free workout for that day or um you know they'll 
offer more information or a phone number to call if they need or if they have any other questions. So that is the goal, just to get them at least to come in, in the door. Mm -hmm. So we get them in person, then we have a little bit more in-depth of a conversation and, and feel out what route is going to make sense for you. Beyond that point, continue this hypothetical with me here, Tracy. This person signs up, and again, we don't have a, a tremendously long track record, but you've been in the industry long enough to know that, that the real battle in, in this kind of a model is going to be won and lost in retention here. So for you, as the owner of this, what are you focused on the most to make sure people are staying around as long as possible? Um, cleanliness. <laughs> A clean gym is very important to us um, and welcoming, a welcoming environment, um, acknowledging that person when they come in the door, when they leave, asking them how their day was, how their workout was, or, you know, what do you plan to work on today? Making those client connections and building those relationships so that they will feel comfortable and they will want to stay. Um, we have plenty of members that are also very good about welcoming new people or talking to them or, you know, um, just creating a friendly atmosphere. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's important just to have, to retain them, have, you know, those things in place where you are, yeah making them feel comfortable and making them feel like that could be their gym home. Yeah. And, and multiple touch points, right? It's not just they sign up and we wish them best of luck and do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. We're checking in with these people periodically throughout right. their tenure. Now your model and, and the description of what you do includes a whole number of different streams of revenue and really successful examples in this category focus on making each individual member valuable by layering on these other services. How is it that you're able to, to sort of steer people towards that conversation? You mentioned things like personal training, you mentioned things like supplements or apparel or merchandise. How much of a focus is that for you to get people into multiple different buying patterns? Uh, well, we try to keep, we, you know, we try to keep our supplements and our apparel stocked. So we try to bring in new things that are appealing. Um, we do market those on Facebook and Instagram. And um, if, if someone is inquiring about a product, it's important that our employees know about the product so that they can make that sale. But it's also important not to just sell something to sell something. You know, if it, it needs to be beneficial for them, I'm not one to just push different products on someone just of course. Just so, um, you know, we offer, we'll offer discounts um, on supplements and apparel here and there to get people interested or like I said we'll post about it on social media to pique interest and you know you give them examples of what that supplement is good for or what it can be used for um you education know, we have, more than pushy sales 
Right. Um, right. Yeah. And keeping the apparel, you know, fresh and um, offering new, new apparel every so often so that it doesn't get stale. Yeah. Now, I want to I want to zoom out even further on this because our conversation so far, Tracy, has essentially just been where do we get leads from? How do we turn them into customers? How do we keep them and make them valuable to the business? Three years in, like we said, right off a handful of those to the COVID years, but mm -hmm. expand that out into the future for me here. Three years from now, what's your goal for this business? Where do you want to see things? Three years from now, I would love to build our own facility. I'm not sure it would happen in three years, maybe within five, but I would love to build our own facility and have it set up exactly as we would, would like. Um, right now, because we've kind of combined two large spaces, and um, so we have about 18,000 square feet, they are it's kind of, to me, it feels choppy. So we don't have, um, we don't have a nice open space for, you know, what, what we would need. Um, we're running out of space for our equipment, which is, I mean, that's a good thing, but at the same time, you know, it would be nice to have more space. Um, and we planned to, hopefully, we would love to have a smoothie bar, um, and we would love to offer a sauna or two, um, massage therapists, and just grow into kind of being a one-stop shop. So someplace that you could come, you could work out, you could get your you know, protein smoothie when you're done, you can head to the sauna, um, you know, just a place where you, know, you could spend a good amount of time if you needed to or if you wanted to. So, that is kind yeah. of a longer term goal that we have. Yeah. Shorter term then, bring it back within, I don't know, a year, for example. What's front of mind for you guys? What's most important to move the needle on this business? I would say not only retention, uh, retaining the members that we have. I mean, we grown from zero members to, I believe we're over 700 now. So within the next year, ideally it would be wonderful to be around the 1000 mark, if not more. What do you think's the, the upper limit of that from a membership standpoint? How many could we handle, I guess? Um, I think we could handle, definitely handle a thousand. Um, a thousand. Okay. Yeah. It depends on which membership, because usually if they're a group exercise membership, or I should say a VIP membership, they really want the group exercise classes. Um, mm. So that those people they do use the gym, the gym itself, but many times they're doing classes in our other space. So. Yeah. Um, ideally, so figuring out how to get a little creative with our our capacity, right? Right. So, I mean, ideally, I think we could, we could definitely handle at least a thousand, um, in our space. Okay. Now in the pursuit of all of this membership growth in the short term, building your own facility in the long term, what do you think is going to be the toughest part 
for you as a business? What do you perceive as, as potential hurdles or potential roadblocks to all of this? Well, um, hopefully we don't ever have another COVID year. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Tracy, spot on. Fingers crossed. Um, that was a huge hurdle, but we made it, so we're past that. Um, I think, um, you know, just not retaining, not retaining our members, um, you know, not keeping focus of why we, why we put evolution fitness together. So I think it's just keeping that focus on what that means to us and, um, filtering that through our employees, you know, and letting them know how important it is they represent evolution fitness and it's important to all of us, you know, that we keep our members first and foremost. Um, and so I think that just keeping that retention, another thing that I haven't mentioned is we are in a college town. So a lot of our members are college students, students, which is awesome. Um, Community. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which we have a lot of high school students too, which is awesome. We love to see them in the gym, um, but our college students go home in the summer. So then we lose, you know, we lose some members during that time. Um, so summers are, are a little bit harder for us. So we have to be creative in, in figuring out ways to reach out beyond our college students to get new members in for that summertime. So yeah. Usually at that point, we'll offer a special or something. Yeah, plenty of, of challenges and not unique. I mean, our industry is, has no shortage of challenges, but uh, we're running a bit shy on time here, Tracy, and I regret it because I feel like we just barely skimmed the surface on a lot of what you do. In the short bit of time we do have left, though, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about evolution? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people connect with you? Perfect. We are on social or we're on um, Instagram as Evolution Fitness MTP, which stands for Mount Pleasant. And then our website is www.evolutionfitnessmtp.com. And then we are also on Facebook as Evolution Fitness and Training. Straightforward and simple. The branding is evolution fitness and training tracy this has been a bunch of fun i really enjoy conversations like this and and being able to take a behind the scenes look at businesses and and what truly goes on i'm excited to see what the future holds it sounds like you guys are just kind of catching your stride now so plenty of of momentum left to to take advantage of for now uh, i appreciate your time and, and i wish you nothing but the best here moving forwards Thank you. Thank you so much for selecting us to be on your podcast. We really appreciate it. And it has been great to chat with you, Joe. Absolutely. I appreciate it. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Boards Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Jim McNally from McNally Boxing in North Reading, Massachusetts. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it and hear everything you have going on with the gym. Um, but before we dive into it, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, I grew up in the sport of boxing. My dad was a boxer. Um, amateur and professional, and um, he trained boxers. When I was a young kid, I started to go to the gym when he would train other boxers. Um, fell in love with the sport, ended up boxing in the amateurs and professionals uh, myself. And um, I worked in law enforcement for 30 years. And during that time, I was not allowed to have my own business. So I operated out of other boxing gyms. But once I retired, uh, I retired 10 years ago and I had my gym now for nine years. So it's a passion for the sport. Um, you know, I, I, I love fighters and people that just want to come in and train like fighters. And that's kind of the gym that I have right now. Definitely. That's awesome. That leads me to my next question. Um, what is like the services that you offer? What's kind of like an elevator pitch of McNally boxing? Old school boxing, as I call it. Um, we're open in the morning. We shut down for a few hours. We open back up from like 3.30 to 7.30 each night. Um, I have open gym time where people will come in and they kind of do their own circuit um, where myself and the other trainers are there to correct them as they're hitting the heavy bag or the jumping rope or speed bag, et cetera. And we climb in the ring and hold the mitts for them. But um, I also have periods where we have organized workout. I call them bag drills where I will bark out commands and people will follow those commands. Um, I have kids classes ages nine to 13, which has, was a great benefit during the pandemic. Um, the kids come in masked on and everything. And that really kept my gym afloat for quite a while. Um, that's become very popular. I have uh, three classes a week with the young kids. Um, and the bag drills that I just mentioned, I have those in the morning and I have those at night. So there's a variety of things available to you when you come in the gym. You can jump in and work in the organized workout, or if you want to do your own circuit, you can do that as well. Definitely. That's awesome. Sounds like there's something for everyone and kind of every fitness level. Sounds like you offer a lot. How many hours per week are you training yourself versus your other coaches? Um, well, I'm there 60 hours a week. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm there all the time. Uh, my other Coaches come and go according to their other jobs. And, uh, but there's always somebody there, you know, to correct you or to answer a question. Definitely. And then how many members do you have? Right now I have about just under a hundred. Okay. Uh, you know, we're a small gym, um, but we're growing. And uh, it's very much like a family atmosphere. I do have a lot of families that come in, uh, mom and dad with the kids, some fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, et cetera. So um, people say it feels like a family when they come in there. So I want to keep, I'd rather keep it small and like that than, than to go too big and not be able to give people the attention that they really deserve, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's important, keeping that community aspect. Um, so what have you done to get those members in the door? What's been your strategy? You know, it's been the word of mouth, to be honest with you, and Facebook. Um, I am old school. I'm not real up on the social media, but, you know, I, I tell people when you come to my gym, you're going to get the same workout that some of the pros that I've worked with. I trained John Ruiz, who's the heavyweight champion of the world, and the people love it when I say, you're going to do the same workout that John did, except John ran in the morning and he sparred against people at night. But, you know, my members hit the heavy bag. They hit the speed bag, the jump rope. We go in the ring, we hold the focus mitts for them. Uh, I'll even let them go in the ring sometime against a boxer, and the boxer has to just work defense. They can go in there and pound away, and it's they love when they get a chance to do that. So we have a lot of different things at our gym, and, it, you know, we, we're available to almost anything that anybody wants to do. That's awesome. That's really unique. And I bet that is a big selling point. Like you get to train like, like a pro boxer. And now there's a lot of like, like franchise or like big box type places that are, are boxing, but they're mostly like circuits. And then you hit the bag for 60 seconds per class. Right. But yeah, it sounds like you're, you're very like boxing, like true boxing. It is. I teach everybody as if they're a boxer. I tell them that um, you're not going to get hit. Nobody's going to hit you. You're not going to hit anybody else, but I'm going to te tell you to keep your hands up just as if you were in the ring. And when they're hitting the mitts, I have boys and women that fight in the Golden Gloves, which is a very popular boxing tournament around here. It starts in three weeks. And um, I could have some lady that's never put a glove on in her life, and she'll be hitting the mitts right next to somebody that's had 30 or 40 amateur boxing matches. So they get to train with, you know, with the good ones. Yeah. Do you do any, like, advertising or marketing at the Golden Gloves event? Uh, just with the, um, the fighters that go in, they wear a shirt with my name on it, the gym name on it, excuse me. And all the trainers wear, uh, jerseys that have the name on it. Um, that that's about it. Okay. So let's go back to, you mentioned word of mouth and Facebook. How has Facebook been beneficial for you in the business? Unbelievable. I, I really couldn't emphasize en enough. You know, um, I, I just mentioned this yesterday, um, to a friend of mine, when I first got on Facebook, I didn't want to, I, some people were on there all the time and I felt like it was oversaturation. I purposely only put sporadic posts on there. Somebody said to me, why don't you try putting them on, you know, pretty regularly. And I did it for like every other day for two weeks and I got so many more phone calls. So now I'm, I'm gonna try to do something every day or at least every other day. It's, you know, it's, it's really generated a lot of, uh, a lot of people calling, coming in off the street to check it out. So I, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you can only get so far with word of mouth and it can be unpredictable. I don't know if you've experienced that, but you can't really track, you know, how many referrals you're going to get every month. It's not always going to be the same, but I feel like with Facebook, um, you're kind of a little bit more in control because you're putting the word out there every day or every other day. Right. Um, on Facebook, were you paying for any advertising or were you just organically posting? Just organically posting. Sweet. Um, is yeah. advertising something that you've ever looked into or something that you would try? You know, I was such a small gym. I, I really don't need to. I don't think it would. I wouldn't be able if I got such an overflow of people it would be too much for me. I'm very manageable where I'm at now. And, you know. I could use maybe 20 or 30 more, but I wouldn't want any more of that than, than that. 
You know, if I got 120 members, that would be very manageable to me. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, okay. So what are you doing now to get 30 more members in the door? Like if you had 130 members, what would be different about the business? I think the, the number of um, Facebook posts that I've been putting out there, and I think that's really, you know, done a lot. Um, there are a couple of things that I've been looking at. There's a couple of different um, summer events that take place in the towns around us. And I could do like little demonstrations at that. I, I went to them myself to check them out. It's just hard to bring something out to hit a speed bag in front of the people. You could do something for the heavy bag, but the speed bag is kind of something that's, uh, it, it's, tough to, it's tough to be portable with it. I have four speed bags in my gym. And I really tout the speed bag as a, a, a speed builder for your hands, not just for boxing. I mean, baseball and hockey talk about fast hands all the time. And I really push that out in basketball players as well, that this is a great tool to improve your hand speed, your eye-hand coordination. So I got away a little bit there, but that, that's another way of getting people into the gym because the kid that the people that want their kids to you know do better at whatever sport they're going to do whatever to give the kids an edge then i find the speed bag's been a great one but to go out to the summer like north reading where i live they have a uh, a summer day at, at a park here in the town the town next town of reading has one and over next i could do those and that would be another way to get 20 or 30 more people um i but word of mouth it, it's expanding now you know i'm, I'm happy with, with the way it's going Okay, good. So you mentioned 60 hours per week, you're at the gym. So would going out and doing, you know, more events spread you like even thinner? Like what's your plan going forward for, like, would you like to step away a little bit? Would you like to wear less hats? Um, yes and no. You know, it's like, uh, I would, but you want somebody to do it the way that you would do it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I don't want to leave somebody there at the gym that doesn't really, you know, that's not qualified to be teaching somebody, you know what I mean? And, and not just the people at my gym are all USA boxing certified. So, but I mean, you could go on and study for, you know, a couple of weeks and pass that test. That means you're certified, but in my estimation, you're not experienced enough to teach what you've just passed that certification for. And when people come in the gym and they watch me do my introductory classes or just hold in the midst with somebody, I want it to be uniform. So they watch me do it. And I got a people, a couple of people in the, uh, in the pipeline now that I think I'll be able to take some time off and let them carry the load while I'm gone. But, you know, I love being at the gym and if I wasn't there, I'd be at somebody else's gym. So <laughs> I'm a gym rat. I like hanging in gyms and yes. boxing gyms, especially. Yes. I definitely resonate with that too. Um, so do you have like have a passion for training coaches then like is that something else that you enjoy doing no you know something not really I never trained coaches before um when my career ended my boxing career it about a year later I started to train one guy and then that turned into a training career and um but I've never trained trainers now that I have my gym I'm kind of training trainers um I'd prefer to train boxers yeah definitely I'm curious like if you got sick for like a week like God forbid, yep. Yep. like who would who would look over the gym? Like, do you have someone that you trust? Yes, I, I and that happened too. I got I got hurt. I hurt my back, and I was literally on my back for a couple of weeks. I have 
two guys that are uh, that we boxed in the amateurs together. We boxed in the pros together. And they said, you take as much time as you want. We'll, we'll carry the load. You know, they come in sporadically, but because of my situation, they started to come in all the time. And I, I would never have asked them to do that, but they, they saved the day for me and were very, very qualified. And my members loved working with them. So that was good. That's amazing. Yeah. It's good to have support of a community around you as well. Yes. That's always crucial. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of a fun question I like to ask. If you were to snap your fingers and the business is right where you want it to be today, what does it look like? What does your life as a business owner look like? And then what does the business itself look like? The gym would look exactly the same. This Saturday night, I'd have some young man or woman fighting on HBO pay-per-view from Vegas for a world title. Okay. So are you passionate about the competitive side of boxing more than like the the fitness side? Is that really where your passion is? Yes. Yes. I love the, I've got to love the fitness, fitness. I've always loved the boxing workout, but I wanted to have boxers to take, you know, to go up the ladder and try and, and try to do what John Ruiz did before. It was a great thing to be a part of that, to watch a young boy come to the gym for the first time, learn in front of your eyes and go on and achieve, to me, the highest loft in sports, the heavyweight champion of the world, you know? That's and, like the uh, classic story. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's a great story. Uh, Mickey Ward comes to my gym all the time. He's from Lowell, Mass. He was the champ. Um, Tony DeMarco just passed away about six months ago or a year ago, former welterweight champion of the world from Boston. Um, so there's a lot of boxing history in the area of Massachusetts as well. Yeah. How do you target people who are interested in competing? You know, I don't. I don't target them. Um, if they want to come to me, that's, that's how it goes. Um, I don't go out and seek them at all. Um, and it's, you know, boxing is a very tough sport. And, um, you know, I never, ever tell somebody you, you should fight. But if they want to fight, I'll train them wholeheartedly. But I don't go out and push somebody. I'll tell somebody, you know, somebody might come in for fitness. And I'd say, you know, you have the ability. If you want to take this to the next level, you could do it. Um, not push them to do it because it takes a great deal of sacrifice and commitment and it's a, it's a hard journey. It's not an easy journey. What percentage of your clients are, are competitors? I would say 1% or 2%. I do have people that have uh, boxed. We have a couple of events here. One's called the Haymakers for Hope, and that's for the men. And the other one is called the Bells of the Brawl, and that's for the women. And it's a cancer fundraiser. Um, you commit to raising $10,000 you apply for it, you get interviewed, and if you're selected, you box at a big venue in Boston. It's a very, you know, you, you register with USA Boxing. It's a one-time event. If anybody boxed before, they can't be a part of it. I've probably had 15 people that have um, have fought in those events and combined have raised over a half a million dollars for cancer research. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. really a community coming together. That's amazing. Yeah. And then to watch somebody that's never, ever put a glove on, never jumped rope one time, all of a sudden fighting a three, two-minute round fight. That's awesome. Have you ever yeah. thought about putting on your own event? I have. I just really thought about that about six months ago for the first time. And I'm thinking next year, 
of having one. One, one of the guys in my gym's already calling it the brawl in the fall. So uh. <laughs> um, it would be nice because the Golden Gloves start in January. If we could have a fight somewhere in the fall area, it would give them a chance to have a fight before the stepping in front of a big crowd. Kind of take the nerves away a little bit. Yeah. What happen- What needs to happen in the business in order for you to be in a position to host an event in six months, a year from now? To have a few more fighters out of my own gym. You know, I don't want to just put a, a, a fight card together for showcase other fighters. If I had six or seven guys that could, or girls that would compete. Um, and a year ago I did, but with college and the people going, you know, life, life's changes. I'm down to about two or three guys right now. I think if I had a few more, I would do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested how you'll, how you'll market to competitors then in that way, get more of those. People. You know, I, I actually, the reason I, I, I even considered it, I was in on a conversation one day between two pretty significant promoters in this area. And as they were talking, they said, you should do something like this. I go, I'm taking mental notes, listening to you. And, you know, you can, uh, I was never aware of sponsorships that were available. And in Massachusetts, it's very expensive to put on an amateur show. You know, you have to hire, you have to have the boxing commission come in, their referees, their judges, their officials. You have to rent a ring for a night. You have to have an ambulance there with medical personnel in the event of an injury. You have to have police officers there. I mean, it's a big expense before you even sell one ticket, you know? So. So do you think having like more people in your fitness classes, more members in general would, would give you like more of a cushion to put on an event like that financially? I think if I had more competitors that would box that night, I think that I, th- I know that the people that come in for fitness would come to the fight just to, to, you know, to represent the gym and show their support. I would just need more competitors. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That would be super cool to put on. Your oh, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. I feel like you have all the expertise in the, in the industry that you need to put on a really successful event. So that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it would be great. Okay. So hmm. as far as getting to maybe like 130 members, Right now, do you have, do most of your members stay long-term is what I'm asking. Like, how do you keep your members um, for the long-term? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I do something and everybody in business tells me I'm crazy to do what I do um, or what I don't do. I don't require anybody to give me a credit card or a checking account and have a monthly deduction from that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of turnover here in this area with kids that play sports you know, the winter schedule, the spring, the summer, et cetera. So my, my payment structure is such that you, know, you could pay a, uh, a walk-in fee each time you come. And I tell people, if you're going to come sporadically, that's the way to go. If your kid wants to come in every single day, we have a monthly unlimited fee. Um, but it's, I, I'll, I, like, I would prorate it. If somebody joined the, the gym halfway through the month, I say, give me half of the month, and on the first, you can give me the full amount. Um, so, as far as I think, in the long run, you know, what people said to me is, you're going to get people that forget to come to the gym, and they're going to pay you for three months. I, I don't, I don't want to make my money that way. You know what I mean? I, I want the people to get what they have coming to them, what they deserve for what they're paying for, and I think that brings them back. I, I've because I have a lot of return people you know when their kids play football and football season's over they're right back at the gym 
and they sign up for the month. You know, if I was going the other way, I think they would, I don't know if they'd have the same reaction to it. Yeah. How do you keep track of those people that maybe came in last sports season, but you haven't seen them yet this season or just a, just a, uh, a, a thing on my computer that I keep with the, you know, alpha alphabetical. And it's kind of like a, uh, a calendar. Mm-hmm. I also have three by six index cards that I keep with everybody's name on it and email address and phone number. That's old school, but that, <laughs> it works for me. It works, yeah, for sure. I, I'm a paper and pen person myself. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Still the best way to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's awesome. Okay. So, um, Tell the listener something that you wish you would have known before you started your own gym. So if someone's out there and they're aspiring to be a gym owner, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them? Hmm. This one always gets people thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, to be, to, to know the, to know your surroundings as far as your family. And I say that I announced the opening of my gym in December in the uh, of 2014 and the opening was going to be after the first of the year 2015 and right after I announced it my brother got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer and if I had known if I had waited one day I wouldn't have announced the opening of my gym my they they gave my brother three to six months to live at that time I took my brother out to eat Saturday night and he's doing fine it's he, it's an unbelievable story, but I, you know, and, and that's not business related, but don't go into business until you know your world is secure around you, that you have a solid foundation with which to go forward. Yeah, I think that's, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important um, and a good takeaway for everybody. Yeah. Family comes first, for sure. Yeah, family comes first. And he's doing great. He's doing great. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Uh, well, Jim, thank you so much for your contribution to the podcast today. I think this is a good place to start dropping things up. But tell us, where can we find you? What's your Facebook name? Do you have a website? Share it's uh, Jim JimMcNallyBoxing.com is the website. Um, it's Jim McNally Boxing LLC on Facebook. And uh, I'm at 48 Main Street, North Reading, Massachusetts, 01864. Um, would love to hear from people. If anybody has any questions, I'd be happy to answer questions. Um, you know, I, I, I did go into Boston. A friend of mine owned a gym, and he kind of showed me around and gave me some real good ideas, like about insurance and stuff like that. USA Boxing is a great reference and a great resource to answer any questions that anybody has about opening up a gym. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I talked to a lot of boxing gym owners and no one's mentioned USA boxing. So that's a great resource. Everyone up there. They've helped me out when I've called them. They're they're there to answer your questions. Good. Okay. Thank you for sharing that so much. I really appreciate everything you've shared today on the podcast. Um, I can't wait to see what you accomplished on the road. Can't wait to come to your fall boxing event. (laughs) Um, I hope you do. Yes. To everyone out there who's listening, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is David from Athlon Fitness and Wear UK. Welcome to the show, David. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here to learn more about what it is that you guys have to offer over there. But before we kind of dive into that, I always like to get a little brief background here. You know, what was it ultimately that led to you going and opening up Athlon Fitness? Um, basically, I started out um, as a sports coach, um, got offered some work with, I'm going to say a soccer team, so uh, a football team, um, and I had to turn it down. Um, a friend of mine owned a gym, and he was like, why don't you get into the fitness industry? It will be more flexible for you for the sports coaching. Um, and several years later, um, through various different jobs for gym management, um, just personal training, small studio management, um, got the chance to own my own facility. And I kind of grabbed it with both hands, I want to say, um, and took the dive that uh, a lot of people in this industry want to do. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how we ended up with the facility itself. Okay, cool. I love it. So now that you have it, we have to understand, you know, we're listening to, to you talk about it. We have to understand what it is that you guys do. So Athlon Fitness, tell us who you are, the different services that you provide. I guess for say, give us like your elevator pitch. Um, so we really understand your business model here. So I come from a sports background, so we wanted to be able to offer people that want to train for their sports um, somewhere to come where um, it's not run-of-the-mill gym, it's not banks and banks of treadmills, um, where there's weights, there's space to move, there's um, almost like a hybrid CrossFit facility um, and a gym where you can come and do your own workouts, but you have the access to the Olympic bars, the weights um, and things like that. Um, So that's where we kind of pitch it out. We also look at Gem Pop coming in and doing those exercises as well um, and teaching people how to do the Olympic lifts to squat, deadlift and things like that. So we, we try and be a hybrid of two different gyms as it were. Okay, so you kind of have the two different parts there, but you also have some personal training, not specifically, you know, that you, like, you offer. I'm not sure if you mentioned if you're personal training clients, but you do have some trainers that utilize your space as well. Is that correct? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I do personal training as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Busy, busy. Um, so we, we have four or five trainers in there. Um, so they, they all have their own client base. They all uh, work for themselves, but obviously they're advertising the gym. They're representing the gym um, and they bring in work for the gym as well. Okay. So, you know, when you say that you have trainers, they're kind of running their own business. How does the gym make money from that? Do they pay you rent or like, what is the deal that you've worked out with the trainers specifically? Um, we, when we looked here, what we decided was that the trainers would work a shift rather than power rent. Um, so they'd cover gym floor hours. Um, if we charged them rent and we ended up paying them, or it was just like with the, they would pay us a certain amount. We would get that money back and pay it straight back to them. And then the tax man would take his percentage and we'd both miss out. So they they cover some group sessions for us or they cover some shifts for us and open the gym for us in the morning or shut it up late at night for us. So it pays that way because also we look after the trainers. What Everything that they take is then theirs. Um, their members, their clients um, have to join us a, uh, membership um, but they get that half price so as a personal training client you get a half price membership which is uh, really good for them because they're getting cheap gym membership obviously there's a cost of personal training which keeps them coming back for personal training because there's the uh, added, added incentive for the membership but also um, rewards the trainers because they're selling the gym effectively as well Okay. So you require them to have them like the, the clients they're training, you require them to have a membership. And then also your trainers are staffing the gyms. So they're running some classes. They're there, you know, for the open hours. So that's kind of like the deal that you've worked out. Do you think that that's how you are always going to do business or do you think that that will evolve and change at all? Um, I think it will evolve. Um, we did start out charging rent. Um, uh, and when, when we looked at it, I was doing a lot of hours at the gym and I needed to find a way to reduce my hours, um, at the gym. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't doing, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, on the gym floor, as I'm sure a lot of owners end up doing. Um, so what we did was we spoke to trainers, we worked out what's best and they were like, well, look, if you pay me, um, I'll do this, I'll do that. And as how about you work it off your rent and in the end we come to the agreement that they would work a certain number of shifts or do a certain number of group sessions to cover their rent so right. that's how that evolved so you know that's kind of how you came up with that now my question you know i had a question here that maybe it escaped me um okay relating to you know the personal training side of things do you feed them clients or are they out doing their own marketing finding their own clients to fill their their own books they're out there doing their own marketing um we do if we get inquiries um we we try and point them in the way of the right trainer um obviously as i said earlier we're, we're based at a rugby club um we're we work with sports teams. So if someone comes in um, and they they want to train for rugby, they don't come to me. Um, we've got another All trainer. Right. So we kind of, we do give them some work um, that way, but generally they, they get their own work. Okay. So kind of the flip thing is here and to talk about the other elements of the gym, you have the open membership. Um, 
but you, you know, is that the only membership option that you have to offer? Do you have different memberships for the people who are looking to utilize the group training? Um, we do have yeah, different memberships. Um, so the, the group training and the open gym come together. Um, but majority of people either choose go for, we do group training or we do open gym. Um, so we don't restrict on that membership. Initially we started to have separate memberships. Um, and the more group you did, obviously, the more you paid. In in the end, we just looked at it and we sort of said that this is really difficult to keep track of how many people are doing each session. So we looked at different um, software products and things like that. And in the end, we said, for what we're going to be paying for the software and the amount of people that are doing it, why don't we just say it's one price? Uh, you can do as many group sessions, sessions as you want, or you can use the Open Gym as much as you want as well. So that, okay. that's kind of how that evolved as that's, well. That's how you came up with that. Alrighty. So, you know, looking at those memberships, how many members do you guys have in the facility as of now? Uh, we're about 90, 90 to 95 at the moment. Um, we have the, the way the gym's laid out is um, we have three separate rooms. So um, we've managed to uh we're always able to keep two separate rooms for open gym if we're doing group sessions. So that kind of uh, keeps that quite separate, which makes it easily available for the group and the gym uh, membership to use at the same time, which is quite good. Mm -hmm. uh, um, every gym owner wants more members, um, but there's that moment of how many is two members and how are we going to go and get those members? Yeah, no, that was going to be my next question, right? You have 90 to 95 members right now. It sounds like you are in the position where you ideally would want to grow. You would want to take on more members. So let's talk about that growth process. What things are you guys actively doing to get new members in the front door of the gym itself? Um, I don't use social media that well, I'll be honest. Um, uh, we we do a lot of referral. Um, we do... I've, Word of mouth is, I still think, the best way of selling any product. If you have a recommendation and someone comes to you with that recommendation, it shows you're doing something right as well. Um, we, we're we working with talking to a lot of sports teams about getting their players in. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully we get membership off the back of that as well if they come in and use us. Um, we, our trainers are always, um, talking to people about personal training. So we do pick up members like that as well. Um, so it, at the moment, obviously with the way we are in England and the cost of living, et cetera, and people's worries, um, it's tough. It is tough to go and attract new members and we have a lot of competition, um, in the local area, but we have a good product and that's what our, I think our key selling point is. And as I say, if we can get referrals and recommendations, that's really good. Yeah, I know for sure. So word of mouth, you know, in this industry, we all love it. No matter what size gym we have, what kind of gym that we have, word of mouth is generally going to be our favorite method of growth because it's free. So all we have to do to have word of mouth is just have a kick-ass service that people want to talk about. And that's all we have to do. And naturally, we're going to generate some new clients from that. When we look at predicting that growth, there's absolutely no way for us to predict how many new clients we're going to get every month, every year from word of mouth. 
because, you know, there's lots of ebbs and flows um, to that. Now, you mentioned you don't do social media very well, but in 2022, that is the way <laughs> businesses are growing. So is it something that you're hoping to become better at or utilize to help the gym grow, um, you know, as you guys evolve? It, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I've looked at several different options on how we improve our social media. Um, we've looked at employing someone. We've looked at um, ha- doing it ourselves and how we how we can do that, how we can uh, – it's always the, the continuity of it, the repetition um, of making sure that there's something being posted. Um, and if – if we're training people, if we're um, on the gym floor helping people, if we're doing group sessions, it's how do we get the content? How do we get the pictures? How do we make sure that we're giving the best service that we can? Get the pictures, get the posts mm-hmm. out, make sure like um, we've done Instagram Live and things like that before. And it sometimes I think you, you're trying to juggle too many stones and like you, you're there and you're sometimes you just need to focus on your training. And I think we're, we've gone down the road of now we're looking at companies to do it for us because we can't do it all. We can't do it all. Yeah. I think that's a really important point, right? As a business owner, it's so important to understand that like we can't do everything ourselves. Um, and typically we're pretty stubborn people. Um, if we own our own business and sort of like, Oh no, like we, we got it under control. But like, realistically, there's no way for us to take care of everything. And there's no way for us to be an expert at everything, even if we want to be. And so looking at the idea of maybe finding somebody who is an expert at social media, social media marketing, and using them to help you grow is like the smartest idea. Um, When it comes to social media, are you looking for somebody to manage your social media pages or somebody to run ads on your social media or both? Uh, probably both um uh, I, I always remember once i sat there for 20 minutes trying to edit photos and after training someone and the guy that i actually he come out and he said to me what are you doing and um i laughed and i was like i'm really struggling with this and he, he, he looked at me and went you don't go to a garage and ask a mechanic to borrow their tools to fix your car why are you doing it why don't you pay someone and i actually looked at him and laughed and i was like yeah he's right he's and it was at that point where i i I didn't give up on the social media, but I, I kind of looked at it and went, yeah, I, I need to employ someone and getting them to the, the whole package. Um, but when, when you're the owner, when you're that, you, you do have that, I want it to be a certain way and finding someone you trust and finding someone that's mm-hmm. good value for money and does what you want. And it, it's very hard to tick all the boxes. So I think sometimes you have to really shop around and really look for that. And it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah it, it, it's tough. It's t- and handing it over. I, I, I find delegation sometimes really hard. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, as a business <laughs> owner, like delegation is the hardest thing. Um, because like the business is your baby. Nobody wants to hand their baby over to somebody else and watch them like succeed and figure, figure out. (laughs) I mean, it it hurts our pride a little bit, but I think you can succeed at other elements of your business and really hone in and focus on the training side and the sports side. Um, and then somebody else do your social media and then all parts of the business are thriving. Um, and that's, that's really good to see. 
Now, kind of before I run out of time, I want to make sure we can touch on a few other topics. The next one that I have is like, if you look at your business right now, David, what would you say is like your biggest challenge, your biggest bottleneck? Because I think like our listeners can really relate to the stuff that's like in the trenches, like the difficult things that we're dealing with as business owners. So for you, kind of like, what's that one thing that kind of keeps you awake at night that you're still trying to figure out when it comes to the business? Um, I, I think it's how we, we uh, pitch ourselves price-wise. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, I won't say cheap gyms, um, value gyms, if you want to call them that. Um, like we, we have a lot of uh, 24-7 gyms that are £20 a month. Um, we have a lot of, uh, we have a few CrossFit gyms in local area that are 120 to 150 a month. Um, and knowing that you have a product and you have a good product it's where where do you pitch that that's uh still good value because you don't want to lose your your members to the really value end of the market and you still need to provide the service that your more expensive gyms and your uh crossfit gyms where they provide group sessions and all the training's done for you and everything you walk in there you, it's all set up for you it's, it's trying to find where we pitch ourselves at that and making sure that it's it's right for us and right right for the members um so that that's really difficult finding that balance at the moment especially as in this country we there are a lot of people struggling um energy crisis we're going into winter people are looking at how much they're spending and rightly or wrongly people do see gyms as a luxury um, and I think with all, all gym owners and anyone that works in the fitness industry would say, well, you shouldn't see it as a luxury. It's your body. You've got to look after it. But people still do see it as a luxury. Um, and mm -hmm. that is sometimes one of the things that goes when they're trying to save money. And it, it's having that conversation that it shouldn't be that you've got to look after yourself. But again, pitching the business so that it's, its value is there for people to see um but it's the right value as an owner that you still pay the bills you make money from it and things like that so that is quite a difficult conundrum yeah that's really it is hard um especially like with all of these kind of like value gyms popping up and in all of that but you know my question to you is like do you do you feel like you're worth more than them to your, to your members <laughs> I, yeah i i, I think facility wise yes we are knowledge wise definitely um it's selling that selling the product um and making someone realize that if you go to a value gym and you jump on a treadmill and you, you spend 20 minutes on a treadmill and you get off and you go and spend 20 minutes on a cross trainer or a, um, a rower it's not the fitness that you need um and i think coming out of the lockdowns and things that people have realized that they don't actually need to go and stand on a treadmill they don't need to go and start do these things because there was a lot of people out running there was a lot of people that purchased kettlebells or weights because they didn't have space or money to go and buy the other equipment so now you kind of see a little bit of a shift towards actually these budget gyms that are stacked with equipment aren't necessarily what people want so hopefully that's the market where we're, we're tapping into and we can uh, get that right. 
Yeah. It's just a matter of like getting people to see the value of paying a little bit more to get a better service with us. Right. Um, you know, the, the experience that they're going to have under your roof is a lot different than the experience that they're going to have at one of these $10 per month gyms that are overrun with people and equipment, but like no support. Um, if they join your gym, they're going to have support, you know, it's staff, there's people there that they can ask for help. You have trainers, you have group fitness classes, you know, a little bit of everything. So my final question here for you, David, is ideally like I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for the business came true. You were able to reach them all. What would that look like? If you kind of could have any, um, what would that picture look like for you? Um, I, I suppose, um, with, with get a bigger facility, have more space for our teams to come in, um, use the facility at the same time as the, uh, gym members um, have group fitness going on at the same time and a space for that um, but still have that element of the camaraderie the team ethic and people like we, we've had uh, strong men in the gym giving high fives to like yeah, mums that have just done their first deadlift or something like that and it, it, it that sort of atmosphere that you you generate um, goes a long way and if we could have that in a bigger facility with more people um that that would be superb that's what we're after i suppose mm -hmm. so what do you feel like you need to focus on right now as the business currently stands to make this dream a reality um i obviously increase membership um i think where we are um location wise um to make that dream come true it's a lot of shopping around for the right unit the right uh, facility um, the right location it, it will help with that massively because there's a lot of local gyms um, we're in a very uh, I won't say saturated market where we are but we are a very competitive market um, but there there is still a scope for expansion so there's it's not over saturated um, yeah. we are in a position where we can expand um, we just need to obviously, as I say, increase membership if we maybe, maybe get the social media going a bit more. Um, but if, yeah. if we get that interest and generate that interest, then yeah, we're talking to sports teams at the moment um, about them coming in. So we've got that, that link that we need to um, mm -hmm. get those guys in yep. um, and then obviously increase our, our general population membership at the same time. And the snowball hopefully rolls and you do move to the bigger facility. Yeah, definitely. You know, the sports teams are great, but the money is like with the general population. Like those are the people that are going to come in and spend a bunch of money. So we need to figure out, okay, well, what exactly is it that we need to do to pull these people in? Um, and I definitely think working on your social media presence will do you good in 2022. It's the most effective way. So I'm excited to see like what your social media page looks like down the road. You know, I'll have to do a follow-up episode here. Um, last but not least, what is the website? Where can our listeners go to check out, get a visual for what it is that you guys do over there? Um, we are aflonfitnesshearts.com. So it's nice, nice and simple. Easy enough for us to find. David, thanks for being here today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you all want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. If you would like to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, Fill out the link in the description. We'll get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.